Well, hello and welcome to the Citizen ATX podcast. My name is Matt Gillum. I am here today with Jonathan Spencer. Hello, Jonathan. Matt, good to see you, sir. Yes, sir. And then we also have Lauren Ortiz on the podcast. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. She she took up on the last episode carrying the football, which I, I was not here in the room for, but I heard was fantastic. Yeah, she didn't carry it. She took it 99 yards to the house. Yeah. I just got to tell you, you better pick up your game, Matt. I just got a mental picture of Lauren dunking over you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have hops. And then just staring you down as she walks off the court. Well, we are in the middle of this series called Seeing the Unseen, talking about the roles of spiritual warfare and spiritual gifts, the things in our lives and our faith that we don't see, but that have influence in our world. And so on our last episode, kind of gave you an introduction to that. But today we're going to really get into uh, into the meat of it. And for that, uh, Lauren, I want to ask you, uh, so what the hell are we talking about today? <laughs> oh, he did that. I did he it. Went there. He went there. I went there. there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you, can't, <laughs> you, can't hear me, you can't see me high-fiving myself, but I'm doing that right oh now. Oh my gosh. Well, today we're talking about everyone's favorite topic, um, Satan. So. And hell, for the record, in case you did not catch the pun from oh Matt gosh. Gillum. Yes, we are please. Talking we about had to clarify. I probably should have done that after the thing was. <laughs> so oh all, all, all the children have now tuned out. That's oh great. All right. Hopefully there's no children listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to ask you guys, um, Satan, who is he? Who is he? All right. So first of all, I think it's important to understand that, yes, Satan is a person and yeah. not a force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we when we when you look at popular culture, we live in Austin, Texas, and probably the most popular taco place in town is a place called Torchies that has mm-hmm. a little cartoon devil on it. And so I, I think if you listener are closing your eyes, don't close your eyes if you're driving, but if you if you close your eyes and have your mental picture of who you think the de- devil is, you're gonna get this picture of a red goat man that has horns, probably a mustache and a pitchfork, mm-hmm. and is dancing around doing stuff like that. Um, I guess Satan dances because you that's know truly that's, not what that's I why see. Baptists don't dance. <laughs> Satan does. Oh um, but on a, in another realm, when we get people kind of thinking more seriously about what they think about who Satan is, I think more of the time it's more of a Star Wars kind of view mm-hmm. of him, right? Like that he is the dark side of the Force. Mm-hmm. That it's that it's not a he's not a person, but that he's the impersonation of evil or, or something like that. I mean, John, do you think that in your experience has that been how people? I think so. And I think also it's kind of even further reiterate your point. They see him wrongly, but they also see him as an equal to God. Like Mm -hmm. there's also that kind of understanding out there. People think there's this cosmic battle to use your Star Wars illustration of the dark side versus the Jedi's. And it's two kind of equal forces that are going Mm -hmm. against each other. And you're on the edge of your seat to see who's going to win. And that's not the spiritual battle that's explained in the Bible, that, that mm-hmm. Satan's coming from the losing side from the beginning, really. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, he's a finite being coming against an infinite creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I think that that's just an important to, uh, point to establish that it's not the yin and yang with equal yeah. and opposing forces going right. against each other. It's a one-sided battle. And a lot of that comes from Eastern uh, religion, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the impersonal forces that are out there and... And the funny thing is that when you look at that that balance of good versus evil, it kind of if they if they are equivalent, then um, why is good any better than evil? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really kind of becomes a uh, arbitrary deal. And so, 
All that being said, when we talk about who Satan is, uh, his first appearance, as we know him, comes in the book of Genesis. Um, and I'm going to be the worst pastor in the world, but I'm pretty sure it's Genesis 3. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, Correct. good. Yes. It's like two, you know, just going <laughs> to skip past that, get to on three. But so in, in that in that passage, he is um, he's pictured as a, uh, a talking or a talking serpent. He's not a mm-hmm. snake yet at that point, because uh, the curse of him crawling around on his belly uh, comes after that. But so, Jonathan, why, why though, do you think, because he's not directly called Satan mm-hmm. in Genesis 3. He's mm-hmm. called the serpent, serpent throughout that whole thing. So what what's the connection there? Like, how, how does that work? Well, we know the serpent is Satan, is the devil. Actually, John gives clarity to that in Revelation yeah. 12 and 20. He talks about the ancient serpent in those yeah. chapters and, and identifies him just straight up as the devil. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and I think it's also important to note there that while he's introduced in chapter 3, he came into this world somewhere in chapters one, one, and, and, two. one and two, yeah. essentially, because yeah. uh, the Genesis creative account in chapters one and two, one is the seven days, two is really a more uh, in-depth look uh, at the creation of man on the day six. Mm-hmm. But in those days, there's no mention of when he was made, but he yeah. was made with the angels. And, yeah. and, and it even puts together in the totality of the story that there's this, this what many people believe, an account in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 that both give this account imagery of this angel being thrown out from heaven that yeah. many many believe that that is a picture of what happened that's not listed there in the Genesis account, but there was this fall of this angel mm-hmm. that God cast out from heaven down to earth and then he's introduced as that character, as you mentioned, of the serpent in Genesis 3, and he's on a mission to mess up everything God wanted to do that was good. Yeah, and while we call him a he, we, we remember he. We have to remember that he's not a human being, right. and and so gender-wise, uh, biologically, I, I don't know. I don't think angels have genders. They're they're when you when you think about and that you know spoiler alert. That's what Satan is 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 a, <laughs> an angel, which by definition in the Bible are. The servants and messengers of God. That's what the word angelos actually means, is messenger. Mm-hmm. And so Satan is a created being. He he is, uh, according to scripture, he was he is uh, one of the, the angelic court. And when you look at uh, the book of Job, where you see where you see the name Satan appear, the word shatan in that's how I put the mm-hmm. I don't even know <laughs> if that's the right way to say that was a doctor. Word right um there. Well, well, well. Um, but the the word shatan means uh, the uh, the accuser, mm-hmm. um, and so it appears that even in his personality, that his his bent his role was toward accusation, was toward antagonization of, of human beings. Like we see in the book of Job, where he essentially goes before God and says, hey, Job's great, uh, Job's great, but you know, he has a good life, so let me make him fall and mm-hmm. see what happens next. Uh, so, I mean, th- these are, uh, I know we kind of went on a lot of rabbit trails there real mm-hmm. quick, Lauren, but ultimately, who is Satan? Satan is what we believe is, from scripture is a serving angel who uh, was designed as an antagonizer, as a as a the tester, the accuser, mm-hmm. but apparently at some point became became vain, uh, mm-hmm. desired to be in the place of God, and as a result, he and those of the other serving angels that f- uh, followed him were cast out of the presence of God or ca- cast out of their heavenly roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think in a nutshell is kind of kind of what it is. John, anything on that you want to? No, I think I think that's about right. And uh, and like you said, that's that's really where we get to in Genesis three, and and where he's brought into falls in the flow of that. If that's really his intention and purpose is to accuse and to disrupt and to undermine the purposes of God, it's the perfect place for Moses to introduce him into the mm-hmm. Bible because in Genesis one and two everything's perfect. We're told it was good, 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 good. He created man; it was very good. 
And then Satan comes in and he just messes it all up. Mm. And I guess I would ask you, like, how does he mess it all up? Like, what is his mm-hmm. what is his strategy? What is his M.O.? Like, what do we see evidenced in the Bible? And then mm-hmm. what do we see in our life, too? I think it's important. I think it's important for us to understand that he is not the um, creator of sin, I guess, in, in, at least in the human race. Um, you know, uh, when you look in the book of Genesis, he doesn't do anything other than twist the words of God yep. and convince mankind to turn away from what God's intention was. Um, with that being the case and that being the way that he is, it when we, we see his actions being temptation, Mm. offering up opportunities for mankind to fall short of what God has for them to do. Um, I think that's the majority of what he does against, against mankind. I know that we'll talk about spiritual oppression and some of the, some of the wider demonic activity. But I think when we consider, what what his goal is uh, his goal is to uh, to divide humanity away from their creator mm-hmm. um, it, it strikes me that it's kind of a if I if I can't win I'm gonna bring him down with me kind of mentality um, and I do think he has a mind I think that yeah. that appears to be the case so oh no doubt I mean he has a strategy yeah. uh, and, and his strategy usually is consistent when you see him pop up in scripture it first happens there in Genesis but then also in Matthew 4 when he shows up to Jesus and he mm-hmm. tempts him before uh, really Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Uh, and so in the Genesis account, you said earlier that he, he twists God's words and that's exactly what he did there yeah. that he, you know, he said, did he really say that you can't have fruit from any tree? And he took really a statement that God said and just kind of twisted a little bit to, to mm-hmm. try to get under the skin of, of Eve in that text and that's really what he does is he takes God's word. He knows the word. He knows the truth. He just didn't mm-hmm. like it. He didn't submit to it. Yeah. So now he takes that truth and he twists it. He did the same thing with Jesus where he would misquote scripture and those mm-hmm. temptations. Uh, but the purpose of it is to have them question God's authority. That's mm-hmm. what he did there with Adam and Eve. Question God's authority. Also question his goodness because mm-hmm. he did that with Adam and Eve saying basically he's holding back on you. Yeah. You just don't want you to become like him. Uh, and then what he does is he always spotlights short-term gain and he hides long-term consequences. Yeah. Uh, and that's what he did with Eve, and it's really what he tried to do with Jesus as well, mm-hmm. uh, saying, I'll give you this whole city. And, mm-hmm. and Jesus was wise enough to know God's word. He refuted him with God's word, and then yeah. he knew he had something better coming. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, um, the, while Satan may not necessarily be the father or author of evil, mm-hmm. uh, he is the father of lies. And, right. and so I think if we're if we are characterizing him, in the Marvel universe, <laughs> you're looking more like a Loki type character, a jester, a kind of a kind of mm-hmm. guy whose job and whose only ambition is to fool other people yep. and to and to and to create chaos. Um, it's it's he's not because I, I think I think a lot of times in terms of like the Lord of the Rings Balrog guy, like mm-hmm. a big old big old bull Satan coming at you with a fiery whip or whatever. <laughs> you know, honestly, even from a logical standpoint, that's not. I think the most beneficial form that he could take. And in fact, that, you know, we talk about the fact that he's called Lucifer elsewhere, mm-hmm. where uh, it's an idea of an, as a masquerading as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because his, his goal is not to eat everybody. His, right. his goal is to create, so chaos to fight against the God that he's rebelled against. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from that point of fact, Satan couldn't give couldn't care have about us like his his yeah. intention is to attack God and to attack his Jesus Christ well and that's why you know I think 
I think uh, it's a couple things. One, that's why Jesus says that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Because yeah. Jesus provides in John 10.10 10, that, that, uh, that dichotomy. He gives the two different mm-hmm. sides. He says that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I came to give you life and give you life to the full. So they're on two completely polar opposite missions where mm-hmm. Satan's is chaos. It's destruction. It's to, yes, ruin your life, but most importantly through that to ruin God's plans. That's what yeah. he's going. He's going after God through us really mm-hmm. is, is the vessel in that. And Jesus on the other side went through the flesh of man. He took on the likeness of man to bring us back to God. So they had two very polar opposite missions. Um, but I think it's important to know that, it, that he's on a mission though. And I think it's also important to know that he's pretty good at it. I mean, Jesus calls him the ruler of the world. And so Jesus yeah. also acknowledges the scope of his destruction and and uh, his forces to where, yeah, if you, mm-hmm. if you don't find that life, you do find usually yeah. uh, you fall into the mission of Satan. And a lot of times Jesus characterized and a lot of other of them characterize Satan um, more by the, the effects of what he's doing rather than, you know, who he is. Because I don't, I don't, you know, we also look a lot as, well, you know, Satanists and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't appear his goal is really to get people to worship him either. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's. I think it, more more often than not, Satan's trying to get people to worship themselves. Or and, anything else but God. Yeah, yeah. or anything yeah. else but God. And I think, which, you know, in my personal belief about what evil is, um, I, to our point earlier, the Satan and evil are not the opposite of God, but that they're a twisting of the good. They're, it's mm-hmm. a warping of the good plan that God had for the world, a good nature that got broken. And now we de- basically are dealing with the trajectory of a broken world. And... Um, and Satan gets to be the prince of that. Um, now, in Revelation, in Revelation, he does take on a lot more personification yeah. uh, as the as the beast, as the dragon. Sure. And um, but then, I, you know, that that's also a part of where a lot of this um, uh, imagery comes from as well is what we see in Revelation of the fires and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think when when studying um, Genesis one through three, I think the thing that I that, that sticks out to me the most, which there's a, a lot of things and a lot of things that I can trace throughout history and throughout my life, and and I can trace it back all to the fall. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, the verse that really sticks out to me is verse six, and it says, "So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was designed to." was to be desired to make one wise. I think it was interesting. I think it's interesting when it says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good and not only did the serpents, not, not only did he question God's authority, he made her question, he made her question the goodness, Mm -hmm. but he also changed how she viewed the provision of God. Mm -hmm. And so I think like in applicable to today, how is he working to change people's view of God, Mm -hmm. Christians and non-Christians? Like how is that, how is that showing up in the world today? Well, you know, there's the there's the old quote of the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing people they doesn't exist. Yeah, mm. uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest ones, yeah. uh, at least in the Western culture. Um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with a culture that's by and large rejected spiritualism and any kind of mm-hmm. spiritual reality, um, I think a lot of the goal is to call into question the faith of believers and the power the power of a creating God. Um, if Satan can do that, if he can make people see the world in a different way, mm-hmm. in a wrong way, then he can blind them to the Savior who desires to have a relationship with him and effectively blind them to the whole half of reality that's spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of it is shadows and mirrors of the way that he attacks people is by saying, you know, your, par- your parents said this about the world, but let me show you the, the, the seamy underbelly of what the world really is. 
And I mean, it's a, they're lies. And then mm-hmm. I, I, that's generally how I think he attacks a lot. Well, and I think we see it just in culture. If, if Satan's <clears throat> model is to get people to question things, to question the authority, and then to go find salvation in something else, which in yeah. that case, it was the fruit, it was, mm-hmm. and it was the, the short-term uh, reward from that. I mean, you see the same pattern in society right now where constantly people are questioning the authority of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, of his design for things, whether it be for the home, the marriage, gender, yeah. uh, for the church, for, for anything in society, of even just government structures yeah. and, and authorities. But he, he goes underneath that, and then I would argue even one step further, he still also points people to the wrong saviors. Mm-hmm. If you even look at critical theory just as a general term, yeah. if we wanted to get into that, so much of that is is undermined by, I would argue, the same kind of strategy of of questioning things, finding problems, mm-hmm. but then pointing to the wrong solution, a man-centered solution mm-hmm. uh, to bring salvation and, and to bring what people are looking for. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's just his effects, I think, of thinking and ideology. I think it's just gone into so much of society that we're, we're to your point, completely blind to it. But yeah. we also follow the patterns of this world often. We, we fall into it, not even realizing that a lot of this is coming from his schemes and work. Yeah. One book that I found actually pretty helpful on... Um, perspective for this is the book screw tape letters by yeah. uh, c.s lewis yeah. it's a fictional account so don't hear me say and this is a treatise on what the devil is but i do think it gives a view of this kind and if you've never read the book in this in this book the um, the demons are basically shown as bureaucrats mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting because you know instead of this lofty idealized evil warrior satan and demons it's they're just pests they're yeah. li- they're liars they're schemers they're devious and you know we I, I think that if we really saw satan as this big fiery beast thing that was going to come get us naturally what the human thing to do would be to fight it and mm-hmm. to try to beat it but if if he's not a threat and if and if we look at him and say hey, actually maybe he has a few mm-hmm. things maybe he's got a good idea on a couple of things all of a sudden, he's won us over to his team without us ever even fighting. Yeah. And and so, I mean, that's where that's where I see a lot of what he is, is that, you know, uh, we can talk about demon possession and things like that, which I think are pretty extreme, and especially in a materialistic worldview like we have here. Um, but I think for the most part, you see that consistent influence in culture on the mm-hmm. on the culture that he owns because mm-hmm. um, this is his world we're living in his territory playing his game and and so yeah I think that's a lot of who he is that's good so we talked a little bit about demons so I'm going to ask you does he have help like helpers like little, Santa's helpers elves, Satan's yeah. helpers naughty elves they are on the naughty list yeah. for sure he has some naughty elves yeah. for sure now yeah. it, the, if biblically to look at it and this isn't what everybody thinks, but Revelation tw- chapter 12, there's a picture there. A lot of commentators would argue there's this dragon sweeping down these stars. And we're told a third of those stars go down with this dragon. And uh, many people would argue that is depicting the fall of Satan. And he's taken a third of, at the time, what were the angels right there. So a third of them fell with them becoming demons, to put use that term, and uh, in followers of Satan and accomplishing his purposes, minions, if you will. And so uh, does he have them? Yeah, he's got a lot of helpers. I mean, there's a lot of them. The, a lot of people always want to know how many. There, there honestly is no way to know. Um, yeah. Angels, there's never a picture. There's pictures of groups of angels at moments, which just shows how many there truly are. Yeah. But there's never actually a picture to give you how many. Well, and two things to always keep in mind in these conversations about spiritual th- spiritual realm things like angels, and demons and things like that. Remember that they are not 
the physical beings that they that they exist in a spit in the spiritual reality so as far as physical limitations things like that even asking how many of them there are think about the uh story of the demon the guy was possessed with mm-hmm. demons he said well i I'm legion for there are many right. of us. Yeah. It's not really a, a, a um, scientifically calculated thing. Other thing is, and this is I think relates to the whole fall issue. Time has a completely different meaning in heaven as well. That if you know we're, we're talking about God creating the heavens and the earth, then we're dealing with a being who, who for whom time does not mean the same thing right. it does for us. And so, I'm not sure what that means necessarily, but it does impact the well. How why? If, if Satan is not the opposite of God, how can he be in a bunch of different places at different mm-hmm. times? Mm-hmm. Um, why does he not seem to have these limit, these physical limitations? Well, he belongs to a different realm than we do, and based off of how he was created, just like angels, he has that ability to move around in a way that we can't. Well, but I also think he's finite in the sense of, I, I think you're right. I mean, in the He's sense, not omnipresent. Exactly. That's what I was going to try to make sure, Just I know you knew that, but just yeah. to try to make sure the listener's hearing us on that. He's not God. He's not everywhere. He can't hear all, see all, be everywhere constantly. He is a finite creature. Now, that being said, he's more powerful than us in that sense of within our flesh of who we are as our born into our sin nature. Uh, He has ability, and he also has, to what we talked about earlier, a whole army of those that work for him and with him for his purposes. But I think it's also important to think and, I guess, understand that when something's going wrong in your life or you're being under a spiritual attack— I would argue there's pretty much a 99.9% chance Satan is not himself involved right there present. Because yeah. if he's a finite creature and he only has so much, so many resources and abilities to be in a place, I would think he's probably going to strategize with those at the top of the list, those who are most dangerous to him and his purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that there's not dem- demonic effects and other forces of darkness work- working under him that could be warring against you, but... Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, I guess I'm just not vain enough to think that Satan's going to go after me the way he did Billy Graham. Like Billy yeah. Graham, yeah, maybe he spent some time in Billy's office and trying to mess with him, but I don't. I don't know about for average Joe Christians out there. I just mm. don't see that. Well, and there's a misconception too that well, I guess Satan can read my mind and knows yeah. what I'm thinking yeah. and all that. Don't forget, the dude's super old. So right. I mean, there's nothing new that any of us are ever going to be tempted with. It's not generally going to work on most people. Mm. Um, you know. I, there, there are a lot of examples I'm not going to go down the road of, but, you know, sometimes when you're a super old <laughs> creature, you've seen, you've been around the block enough times to know generally this is probably going to work to mm. to give this person a problem. So well, he recognizes patterns is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you can. And even 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that so that we would not be outwitted by Satan for we're mm. not ignorant of his designs. Yeah. So also us, because we have the spirit of God in us and mm-hmm. as born again believers, he's equipped us because 1 mm-hmm. John 4, 4 says that he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. So I said in our flesh, we're weak creatures, but when we're born again, we're given a spirit of power, love, and self-control. So we now have the ability to do things that formerly we could not do. We can actually stand up in opposition to his attacks, and we can be informed of his patterns, both through the Word, through understanding how he works in Scripture, but also just through, I believe, the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts. Because when you talk about his design, Satan usually... He baits hooks for us often. I mean, that's what the enemy does is he knows what we like to bite on. He knows how we're going to fall and we're not ignorant, meaning God has given a spirit of wisdom into our hearts and his word Mm -hmm. that, that if we're just being candid and we just let the Holy Spirit work in our lives and we're being honest with ourselves, 
we generally know how he attacks us in, yeah. in a sense of our flesh and how he goes after us to pull <clears throat> us away from God. Uh, and that's what Paul says is that we're not going to be outwitted by Satan, that we have a spirit of power who informs us and leads us so that we're not ignorant of his designs and attacks. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, I just want to also reiterate that. I think sometimes Christians give him too much credit also yeah. mm-hmm. that, that we get real spooked and we're worried. We're, uh, we're told God's already given us all we need to actually fight against him and win. Yeah. And I mean, even the the First Peter five uh, recommendation: be sober minded and be watchful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's exactly. not it's not a carry a big knife. It's a mm-hmm. just be aware, right? And um, I think about it too as you were as you were talking. It's, it, to me, it, it strikes me like a fisherman who's putting a worm on a hook. You get you you know you throw the the hook in the water. You don't know if that individual fish is going to necessarily do it, mm-hmm. but they're gonna go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fish like worms. And, yeah, and mankind likes themselves well and to even re- to take, take your illustration a step further the fisherman knows what kind of bait certain yeah. kind of fish want and yeah. so to the same point you know based on where you are in life based on personal struggles mm-hmm. uh, personal uh, disposition and you're bent towards specific sin yeah. sometimes it's just where you are with your work life um, yeah. he knows that the overworked person is going to bite to this mm-hmm. or he knows the yeah. lonely person's going to bite to this the single person mm-hmm. um, there's all those kind of things and so I think part of it's knowing what kind of fish you are too of like what <laughs> What, what what do I bite to? Like what what is the stuff <laughs> yeah. that he's gonna he's gonna throw in the water that I know I'm prone to go after, and then being wise enough to put up the guardrails to say I can't do that. I got to do things mm-hmm. to prevent me from even coming near it. Yeah. So, so what type of fish are you, Jonathan? <laughs> I just thought of that illustration right now, so I haven't really gotten to to think like, that one. I think I'm a fish. mullet. How about okay. that? <laughs> Maybe a flounder. Uh, flounders, flounders blend in. I can't go with that. I can't go with that. Maybe. Angler fish. How about that? Yes. Yeah, so how about a big mouth bass? I, I have oh. a big mouth sometimes. There we go. That, that might be. It. Well, one other thing I want to mention too is we're talking about kind of identity of Satan, things like that. For those for those who are listening, you may question that. So if all these things are true about who Satan is, why do we think of him the way that we do? Mm. A lot of it actually has to go back to the the English literature story of um, oh gosh I'm losing Mil- it's by Milton uh, Paradise Lost mm-hmm. um, because it, it's it's a it's a literary thing Milton was a believer but he dramatized the whole thing and we get this picture of this giant horned beast with wings and and the quote from that is I would rather be king in hell than be a servant in in heaven mm. and so for those who are drawn to that heroic figure and things like that, I mean, I think that's kind of what tends to happen is Mm -hmm. he's set up as this anti-hero. And even though Milton's intention was to scare people away from the devil, uh, it wound up drawing them to him. And I do think there's some, there's some, uh, similarities to now with people where, you know, especially with parents where we try to scare kids off from the devil. Mm -hmm. Well, you be careful with what you, what you say things are. If you lie about what the identity is of our enemy and then your kids find out he's something else, then that makes you the liar. And you gotta be very, very careful about trying to use fear as an opportunity to try to drive your kids to doing something good. Well, and fear doesn't lead you to spiritual victory either. Um, And so I think that's just such a key is I think if you're worried about that, especially if you talk about kids, if if kids or others that you're discipling are worried about this, I think the focus has to be more on who God is and, mm-hmm. and who God is in you. Because if the focus is on God, God's already won. Like I said, that Satan's already lost and he knows he's in a losing game. So if you focus on that, you know, versus this enemy who who does come out and attack, it's like, 
it's like, this will be a terrible metaphor, but in basketball, like if you have LeBron James on your team and he's with you, you probably are going to focus on what you got going for your team. You're not going to focus on that team that wins a few games a year and sometimes trips them up. You're, you're saying, Hey, I've got LeBron with me. I'm going to focus on LeBron. I'd go back to nineties basketball and say, I've got Michael Jordan on my team. Who cares about dead left shrimp? Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. You just said it better than me. That is a hundred percent what I'm trying to say. And, uh, but it's true because sometimes we just spend too much time focused on Detlef, who most people don't even know, which is just a greater illustration of why are we spending so much time focusing on Satan then? The poor de- so we just compared Detlef Shrimp to Satan. Hey, I have a, no he, idea who that is. He was a sharpshooter, yeah. for the record. He wasn't bad, but that's a good... I like yeah. that. Detlef Shrimp and Satan, that'll preach. That's a good That's a good metaphor right to, there. To millennials, that Lauren yes. and Carlos are out. Oh, yeah. Makes a, few, a makes a few shots, but at the end of the day, he always loses. Yeah, yeah that, that's oh good. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Oh my gosh. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I'm excited for our next episode because we are going to talk about um, what the battle plan is and how we can protect ourselves um, from the enemy's attacks. And so I'm just really looking forward to that. And is there anything else that you guys want to throw in there? Yeah. Go eat some torchies. Oh don't be afraid God. of it. <laughs> and don't don't tell your parents that I said H-E double hockey sticks on the uh, podcast. I'm, I am so sorry. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening in on the Citizen ATX podcast. We'll see you next time.